Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Michael. Hi, everybody. Can I be heard? Yes. Awesome. My name is Michael H. I'm an overeater. Um, thank you to Aaron and thank you to, I believe it was Leslie, who asked me to speak. Welcome to all the newcomers. Congratulations to all the chip takers. Um, I'm honored to speak. I haven't spoken at a, a meeting in quite a while. And uh, I'm pretty sure I haven't spoken on a Zoom meeting. Um, yeah, so, so what happened for me, I'll, I'm just gonna kind of go back in a little bit of history. You know, I, I grew up, um, I grew up in an alcoholic household. So, um, there was a lot of chaos. Uh, there was not a lot of direction around sort of being a normal human being. Um, I come from a family of uh, high achieving, arrogant, you know, well to do, but, but they were uh, smug and quiet about it, you know, unless things got nasty. And then they, you know, the knives come out at that point. Um, so I was always kind of on guard. I never really had any direction around food. You know, their, their um, operating mode was really about success and achievement and looking good mainly. So really I come from a family of, you know, a whole lot of looking good. And, you know, I just absorbed all that stuff through osmosis, you know, and so, um, in the alcoholic household I, I grew up in, there was neglect. There was a lot of uh, sort of uh, cutting, verbal abuse. There was also a lot of, you know, over, over smothering too. I got really mixed messages about myself. And, you know, I uh, mostly was raised by my mother who is a, a teenage addict, basically, a high achieving addict um, when I was growing up. And, uh, I spent time with my father too, who was uh, more of an athlete. And uh, he was the real, you know, kind of like big man on campus, jock type, successful, very loving, uh, but also could be really just critical. And like, that was his way of showing love was like to tell you how to do it the way he knew how to do it. And because I wasn't a jock, I mean, I ended up being, you know, an artist, a musician and, uh, that, you know, so it was like hard to translate that stuff where he would give me suggestions about, you know, sort of out and playing sports. And I did some of that as a kid, but I was just really disconnected from my body. And I was disconnected emotionally too. So um, without that sort of spiritual grounding, um, it, it was, food was troublesome. You know, eating was troublesome. And I used it to soothe. And I just did kind of, you know, what I saw my mother do, because she, my mother and my father are both uh, compulsive in a lot of natures, in, in their nature. Um, you know, and I, I thought I came in to the rooms, you know, I, I, I'll give a sort of a short, um, a, like, 
of the food. Um, so, you know, I was always just kind of uh, average sort of body. And I always thought I was a little heavy. I was a little heavier than the other kids, but not obese or morbidly obese. I was just kind of like, I never quite felt like I fit in physically or emotionally. And so I was very much on my own, very, um, very much in my own world. Um, I found music really early on and it was a way to keep away from my family, you know, and like when I was playing music, my mother would just leave me alone. You know, she'd be like, oh, he's playing music. I'm just gonna, yeah, it's great, you know? And so I'd stay in my room and play my guitar and I, and I excelled at it. I got really good at it. And, and I ended up doing it professionally later on too. It was like, I just was completely obsessed with it because I couldn't connect to much else. And the food, um, you know, I was a latchkey kid, so she would leave food for me and uh, she didn't really make food. So I didn't really learn to make much more than, you know, craft macaroni and cheese. And my mother would buy a lot of food. She would come home, you know, late or forget to pick me up or things like that. And she would take me out and buy me food. And that was her, that was our way of sort of bonding and our sort of, um, uh, in a, in a not healthy way. And, you know, the, if I, she'd always ask me, I'm like, do you want more food? And I'm like, sure. I mean, you know, I'm an overeater. Am I going to say no to food, you know? And it was delicious. And I got some, I got pleasure from it too. It was like delicious and tasted good, but it, I was totally disconnected. to sort of what, how I was taking care of my body. Like what, what is the food actually for, for me? And so, and you know, half my family is dead from this disease and some various other diseases. And I was disconnected from that too. I didn't, I couldn't put two together. Um, my father's side of the family, especially, there was a bunch of crazy Latina women and they were all really big and really loud and really drunk. And they all uh, married these, you know, uh, Irish guys, these big, you know, burly Irish guys and so everyone was really big on that side of the family and uh, uh think anything of it and I didn't quite feel like I was connected to them I loved them but I didn't understand them and uh, so anyway you know so that was sort of a, a brief history you know and and uh I think I most of my problem has been overeating um I did a little bit of starvation, I think. I tried to lose some weight in my, I think it was my junior year of high school during the summertime. Somehow I did, I did some funky shit with food and then I lost, you know, some weight and I got noticed, you know, people were like, wow, you look great. I'd never heard anyone say I look great. And I was like, it was like heroin. I'm like, oh, I'm into this. And so, and that was the reason really I got into music too, is because I saw the attention that, you know, skinny little guys with guitars and tattoos and crazy makeup. And I'm like, I'm in, I'm in, just sign me up. I want to learn how to do that. And I did, and I learned how to do it. And I did some crazy stuff, but it was really like, I craved the, the positive attention. Um, and that worked, you know? And so I, I excelled at that, but the food was still a mystery to me I think what what I got into the program for was uh, to lose weight you know I really had had it you know this is my one of my core issues was uh, how do I treat myself and what I think ultimately what I came to 
was, you know, I didn't really want to get skinny per se. I thought that was, you know, the, the object. But what showed up was that I just wanted relief from the compulsion. And the compulsion wasn't really clear to me. The result of it was, you know, I was at the effect of, of overeating. But, and I tried everything. I read every book. I tried every diet. worked. I always lost weight. But as the years went on, the rubber band got tighter and tighter and it would snap back. I would lose weight and I'd be like, great, I feel awesome. I'm losing a little bit of weight. I'm completely in control of this. And, uh, and I was bonkers, you know, and then it would snap back. I would have like a meal or two that were like bingy kind of food things. And uh, that was the compulsion. And finally, you know, about eight years ago, you know, I'm, first of all, I want to also say like I'm a hundred pounder. Uh, I'm, I'm about eight and a half years abstinent. Um, I haven't really had any slips. I have a sponsor. I've been through the steps. I have sponsees. I take people through the steps. And what I discovered early on was um, I didn't know how to tell you what I was going to eat and then follow through with it. Because th- something inside of me would be like, well, yeah, well, maybe I'm going to do something a little different today. And that was the compulsion really talking at me. The disease was, you know, sly and uh, sneaky, much like my family. You know, it was a looking good disorder is what I have. And um, the effect of it was like extra weight on my body. And somehow I managed to gain, you know, uh, uh, over a hundred pounds beyond what a healthy body weight is for me. I didn't really have a sense of what a healthy body weight was. You know, I leave that up to my doctor to tell me, you know, like, here's about the range you should be in. And I can look at myself now and go, okay, you know, like there's a little bit more weight I'd like to lose to look a certain way. The number's not really important. It's just kind of a gas gauge now. But before I got into this program, it was much more than a gauge ask it was very important like the number seemed like if i could get to that number my shit's going to be worked out you know everything's going to be all right and i would finally look good and then i could have all the you know all the things that i couldn't seem to make happen um and that was a lie you know it's this is the inside job they talk about and i thought that was a a bunch of bullshit when i got in i was just like whatever just tell me what to do. Give me the list. I'm going to do it. But I realized what, what got me into the room. And I was so, I came in with so much anger and so much shame that I couldn't figure it out. Cause uh, my family is really, is all about uh, figuring it out, get it done, do it. You know, they're very headstrong tip of the spear. Uh, you know, you got to get on top of the mountain and plant the flag and food it kept failing year after year. It was very much, um, very much out of my control. I was powerless over food and eating. And so really I had to deal with, um, you know, relief from the compulsion. And that's really what the being in the program, doing the steps, I think telling the truth about food for the first time in my life. You know, I, I remember, going into the rooms and I was incredibly uncomfortable. So like, so to all the newcomers, if you're feeling shame or rage or uh, fear, welcome to the club. You know, this is what I, I am a, uh, an opinionated man. And 
uh, I have a lot of opinions about a lot of things, but food, you know, all my opinions failed. All the diets, you know, worked to the degree they worked, but I couldn't, I couldn't manage the compulsion. It was completely unmanageable for me. There were periods where it was manageable and I was under the illusion that like, like oh, I think I got this. I have a different understanding. Oh, I have a different set of food that I'm going to eat. You know, I was sort of playing games with it, but I didn't, I thought it was me. I'm, I was figuring it out. And that was a lie. So, you know, that, that, um, the compulsion, the, when I got into the rooms, you know, the, um, I went to a number of meetings and I was really just like, I, I don't want to be in this room. You know, this is, this, it was like mostly women and I hardly saw any men. So I could, it was hard for me to identify. I'm like, oh, it's a, a female disease. I had this like weird notion that it like, this is not for me, but I'm like, something was like, I'm sniffing around because I knew something was going on here that was working. And, um, you know, and I saw these people talking, it was a little confusing to me. Some of the jargon was like, okay. And I was in another program before this, which I'm still in. Uh, so I knew the 12 steps worked, but around food, I had a real hard stop, you know, like my heels were dug in and I didn't even realize it until I was so uncomfortable in the room. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's something for me to pay attention to. But it took, you know, a couple different meetings until I ended up in a meeting in the Valley. And, uh, you know, they said, are there any newcomers here? And, I, and this was the first meeting where I like, I raised my hand. I put my hand up and that was really my, my first part of the surrender was to tell the truth. Like, oh, I'm an overeater. I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, <laughs> like that was like, and that was a big deal for me. Um, it felt like failure to me because I really had it in my head. I'm going to figure this shit out. And I was wrong. This is my experience. And uh, until I was really willing to tell the truth, which was just to raise my hand and go, hi, I'm an overeater. You know, I need help. Because I wasn't really, I would ask for help in small increments in my life. I would do my best to figure it out. I'd do all the research. And, you know, then I'd ask for some help if I, if I really thought I needed help. And I had a lot of friends, but I still felt disconnected, you know, in a way from all that. And I would ask for advice, you know, and advice didn't really help. Experience, strength, and hope in the program is what helped me. Um, because I, I saw work for people who had the same compulsion I did. Um, so really, you know, the, that was the first point I wanted to make was about the compulsion and we got our versions of like what brought us to the rooms. Um, and I love that this, this is such a huge meeting. It's over a hundred people, you know, like you're not alone. I'm not alone. I wanted to be alone. I wanted to figure out and then show up and look good and go, ta-da, you know, it's showbiz. Here I am. <laughs> and that was my life. And uh, there was a whole lot of, you know, not truth telling. I don't, I don't know that I lied per se, but I, I lied by omission. You know, uh, I didn't talk to people about honestly about what was happening with me and the food I was eating and how I was eating it and when I was eating it, eating in my car. You know, that was just part of my life was going through drive throughs and, um, and I remember I, I went on a trip overseas. I was gone for about a month and I, I, to India and I lost a bunch of weight there 
Wait, I actually want to go back before that. I went to my doctor before I went on, on that trip to India. And uh, I was supposed to get some shots to deal with, you know, some of the stuff that goes on there. And they sort of prepped you for all that stuff. And he said, you know, I, I can't let you go on this trip. And I'm like, why? And he said, uh, your blood pressure is through the roof. You could have a stroke or a heart attack at any moment. And uh, I like the S words, and I went, what? You know, I was just kind of stunned by what he said, because that's how bad it had gotten. You know, I was uh, well over 100 pounds over what was a healthy body weight. My blood pressure, which I had no relationship with, was apparently at the limit. And I thought, I never really thought about my health before in that sort of extreme way. Uh, so that was sort of a wake up call. And, he, and I said, well, I have to go on the trip. So what can we do? He said, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to prescribe you some blood pressure medicine. Here's what I want you to do. Go to the pharmacy, get it, take the first pill, uh, take another one in the morning and then call me and come back in and we'll see how your blood pressure is. And I said, well, how long do I have to take this stuff? He said, maybe for the rest of your life. And in my head, I went, fuck you, you know? But I said, he's my doctor. I trust him. He's a really great doctor. And uh, so I did what he said. I went home. I, I went back. My blood pressure was like reasonable. He said, okay, you can go on the trip. You know, take this with you. You need to take this medicine on your trip. And I was like, okay. So I did what he said. I went on my trip. And on the trip, I won't get into the deep. Really, you know, I'd lost a bunch of weight on the trip. And uh, I was eating mostly, um, you know, organic vegan food. It was sort of like, part of what was what I was there to do it, I wasn't there to like learn how to lose weight I was there for some other reasons but um and I was there for about a month so I, I got back and I think I lost about 12 pounds 15 pounds and I thought I got this I got it you know <laughs> I thought I got this figured out and you know, shortly after that, I was like, okay, I'm just going to stay on this trip. I'm going to keep eating healthy and do the thing. And then, you know, I had a few bad meals. I had a few moments of where like I binged on some food and then I was like binging more than I'd ever binged before. And I thought, oh shit, I'm in trouble. You know, like I really don't have this figured out. And I got kind of scared. And that's when I really went, started coming to OA meetings and trying to find a solution. Uh, I found the solution in these meetings, you know, this, this sort of spiritual geometry, I could lay over this problem of overeating and with the help of others, uh, find solutions. And I'm still finding solutions, you know, I've maintained a healthy body weight for the last eight years. And, uh, and, and it's just miraculous to me, you know, I don't take any credit for it. I just did what I was told, uh, not, not really what I was told, but what was suggested to me, you know? I don't do well with people telling me what to do unless I trust them. And I certainly am not gonna do it if I don't see the results, you know, uh, on their end. So um, I didn't know this guy who became my sponsor. I had met him over the phone. I had no idea what he looked like. I had no idea of his results. He told me his story, which was, uh, 
startlingly similar to my own as a, he was a musician and I didn't know any of this stuff and we just got to work on the steps. And the first thing he said to me was, you know, uh, I said, what do I do about the food? And he said, well, just tell me what you're going to eat tomorrow. You know, sit down with and create a little plan and, and tell me what you're going to eat. And then, um, and we'll get going. And I said, uh, that that's not going to work. I don't think, I know I'm not going to stick to that plan. And he said, okay, well, can you tell me what you ate at the end of the day? And I went, oh yeah, I can do that. <laughs> you know, I thought this is a free for all. Is this how this works? This is awesome. You know? And so I did that for about two weeks and, uh, I had one, there was a, you know, a couple of bad nights. The last bad night I had, I called him and I said, okay, how do I, now how do I do it? You know, because it clearly my plan wasn't working even inside the structure of, you know, program. Um, and so, so I started, I sat down and I sent him my food. I texted it to him and I said, here's what I think would be an abstinent food plan for me. And he wouldn't tell me what to eat. I said, what do you eat? And he said, oh, I'm not, I don't really want to talk about that. You know, he said, I just tell me what you're going to eat. And I went, okay. I was still trying to sort of game the system. Anyway, I sent him what I thought I was going to eat. And he's like, okay, this looks good. And so I kept doing that. And somehow miraculously I'd wake up and I'd start my food plan and I'd finish my food plan and I pretty much stuck to it. And, uh, and in the first eight months I lost a lot of my weight, most of my weight. And it was, kind of effortless and I had a lot of fun with it and I still have fun with food. I'm not restrictive. I eat a lot of different kinds of food. I have a pretty simple plan that's changed over time. And uh you know that it's just it's a miracle that I have been able to stick to it one day at a time. You know, I don't really need to worry about uh tomorrow. I just need to worry about my next meal which will be dinner tonight. And I'm still not sure what I'm going to eat. I sort of need to get a hold of my sponsor and tell him what I'm going to eat tonight. Um, and he's really great. You know, I, I, he doesn't police me. He's not harsh with me. He's really kind. Uh, I've had a few moments where I'm like, did I just overeat? You know, I had a, a few sort of like weird situations. And so I call him and talk through it and tell him the truth. He's like, it doesn't sound like it. He said, do you sound like you're going to go off the rails? And I went, I don't think so. I feel pretty good. It's like, great. So just tell me what you're going to eat for tomorrow. And it was just like, not a big deal, you know? And I know a lot of pe people have different plans. Some people are very strict with their plans. I don't do well with that. Um, and that's not what I did. And that's not what worked for me. So um, I continue to, to work my program. I have sponsees. Um, the, the next thing I was going to mention too is uh, the big thing for me was, was uh, after the compulsion was really self-acceptance and, um, and what, like what's objectionable about me. I had to really take a hard look at, you know, uh, what I don't accept about myself. You know, if I look at myself in the mirror and with or without clothes, you know, like what's objectionable. And there's a, a, you know, a pretty nasty voice in my head that will can, that can cut me down. You know, it's it's from my family. I can hear the origins of it, um, and it kind of doesn't matter where it comes from. I carry it forward, you know. And so, 
uh, I talk to that voice and just let it know that like, you know what, someone else is in charge. I appreciate you trying to take care of me. You're doing kind of a crappy job and you're kind of mean. So I'm gonna stick with my sponsor and my program and my fellows and talk about what works in a kind way. And yeah, I didn't really have kindness around food. I had my own solo program. You know, I was pretty feral growing up and, you know, coming from a family of lone wolves, we all kind of run together at times, you know, we had to really uh, do it with a lot of judgment, you know? And so I really learned how to judge myself and others. So really, you know, learning how to have a program of kindness uh, was what I got from these rooms. And I didn't know how to do that. I had no idea how to do that. Um, and that's okay, you know, those other tools may have a future for me somewhere else, but not with the food, not as far as I can see, but I don't really concern myself with the future too much. You know, I just really stay in this day and this moment as much as I can, and it's gotten much better. I really had it that I had to have the past covered up and polished, and the future had to look really good and be exciting. And, uh, and that just didn't work. You know, it got me as, as far as it got me. And, and I'm grateful for that until, you know, until it failed, you know, utterly and almost killed me, you know, like um, the good news, you know, the completion around my trip to India and taking uh, blood pressure medicine is when I got back, you know, uh, I stopped taking the blood pressure medicine. I went to see my doctor and he took my blood pressure. He goes, oh, that's great. The blood pressure medicine's working. And I'm like, I haven't taken it in two months. He went, oh, he said, well, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. And I went, great, you know? And what I was doing was OA. And uh, I'm not a doctor. That may not have been the best way to handle that, but I don't take any blood pressure medicine. My blood pressure is normal. My doctor's happy with my stats. And I use him as a reference, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, like what's healthy for me. And, um, but he, you know, he's also not my higher power, you know, and neither is my sponsor and neither is anyone else. You know, I, the, the main thing about this program that was a little sort of like, how do I turn this over? How do I turn my compulsion over? How do I turn my eating over? I found out in the rooms, you know, one day at a time, uh, a relationship with a higher power of my understanding grew inside me and still continues to grow and i take my problems to a higher power that i understand and that was something i had to learn and i'm it's still expanding i'm very grateful for that uh i'm not a religious person uh i've you know wasn't raised in a particularly religious way we were very much i wouldn't say we're atheists we we're probably more agnostic in general so i didn't have the the specter of some of those you know uh particular kind of philosophies to live with to hinder me or to help me and everyone i think this program can work with all those things too you know um whatever your understanding of a higher power is is your understanding and it's you know my version has nothing to do with yours you know and uh and I'm really grateful for that. There's a lot of freedom in that because I know uh, people's religions and their spiritual practices are important to them. 
and you know to the atheists you know that's important to them too and like with or without you know you can you can work this program and it's uh thank you very much thank you um let's see so i talked i talked about um the compulsion self access self acceptance and like what's objectionable um I really, I have a great relationship with myself and I'm really grateful for that, you know, across the board, not just around food, but in general, you know, and I, I have a whole lot of love in my life. My relationships are really a reflection of this program. You know, I learned, I learned how to date in this program uh, and that was really fantastic to learn because I was really like in my skin for the first time in a loving you know, playful way and new relationship to my body, which, you know, continues to change and expand as I age. And, you know, it's really great. So um, the other thing I was going to say, you know, I wanted to talk about is willingness. And I don't wake up with willingness. You know, I wake up generally as a, a no. You know, I just, my head comes off the pillow and I'm like, no. I don't want to do this. There's a brat inside of me that's kind of starts out in charge and I have to really deal with that, you know, that child that's inside me that didn't get taken care of. You know, a little Miguelito is there and uh that was who was pissed. You know, that's the that's the guy who didn't get taken care of and didn't get listened to. And now I feel fully listened to by my higher power, by my fellows, uh by the loved ones in my life. And I listen to them, you know, it's really, um, the willingness came through doing the steps, you know, all the recovery really is in the steps. The meetings provide some relief, but until I really dug into the steps, which was early on, and I completed them as, as reasonably and quickly as I could and thoroughly, um, that's really where all the, the recovery has been. And sharing that with others uh, has been a, a huge, um, a huge gift to be able to share this and watch people try some of the things that I've done and go check it out, you know, really treating it like a science experiment. Like, I don't know that my version is the truth. It's just my truth. And the person that came before me, show he said, Hey, here's what I did. Try it out and see if it works for you. And that was way easier than someone going, this is the only way to do it. Here's your food plan. This is what you got to do. And for some people that may work, but for me, no. So, you know, I'm more willing to try things. I'm more willing to tell the truth because I have to tell the truth. I just discovered some, some, uh, some uh, things I wasn't sharing with my sponsor. And I'm like, it just kind of hit me in a moment. I'm like, oh my God, I need to talk to my sponsor about this stuff. You know, and I'm still abstinent and, and I'm grateful for that. But um the willingness really comes from another place. It doesn't, I don't generate the willingness. I don't have it, but I, it comes to me and I ask for it. And I, I have a relationship with a higher power who really gives that to me. And uh, if you have questions about that, you can call me and I'll, you know, do my best to explain my experience of it. But um, yeah, otherwise, like if I had the willingness, I would have handled this and I wouldn't be talking to y'all today. I would have, you know, 
probably written a book and gone, here's how you do it, everybody. <laughs> but I'm not that guy. You know, so the willingness had to come from somewhere else. Service is huge. Service is huge. Like service to others. I really, my disease is a disease that's really selfish. And so I'm able to turn that over and like share with others and really have close relationships with other people and try and uh, be kind to others. You know, I'm still working on trying not to control all the traffic in Los Angeles with my horn. Um, I'm getting better, you know, one day at a time. Um, trying to think if there's anything else for me to cover. I made a few notes, you know, I'm really <clears throat> just having the gift of being in this skin and creating a life that uh, works for me and having room to create emotionally, physically, spiritually. Uh, I didn't have such a great concept of that before this program, <clears throat> but I'm dealing with, you know, my own physical humanity, but my own emotional humanity too. You know, like the weight is kind of the least interesting part of, uh, you know, like losing all that weight is great and it has some great effects in my life, but I don't get to keep it unless I'm spiritually fit. And that's where the steps come in for me and the, the, the program and the fellowship and all you guys showing up to listen to me, you know, yak about this stuff. Um, my food plan is really simple. My food plan really occurs to me as, as a daily amends to myself and to others, uh, but mostly to myself. And I need support with that and I have that support. And part of that is the meetings too. Like I, all I did really was go, like go to a meeting a week, you know, check in with my sponsor every day and go, here's what I'm gonna eat. And, you know, share a little gratitude with him and uh, let him know, you know, how I'm gonna be of service in the day. And just really keeping it simple. It's not a complex program. It's not, you know, the, the, it's not a mystery anymore, like what it takes for me to, to stay abstinent. And I also get that I don't have it figured out. Every day is a little different. My food is a little different, um, but my food plan is has been pretty steady and it's been working really well. And it's is narrowed over the years, uh, kind of on its own. So it's not like I have I do a whole bunch of math about it and try and figure it out. It's like, you know, um, it's manageable in this uh, unmanageableness of this disease. So anyway, if any of you are struggling, uh, feel free to reach out. I put my phone number, I think, next to my name. And uh, I'm just really grateful. Thank you all for showing up and thanks for asking me to speak. I guess if there's any questions, if there's any more time left, yeah, we have I'm about open. three minutes left. So if anyone has any questions that they would like to ask Michael, feel free to chat it to me or you can use the raise hand function. Um, Leslie, why don't you kick us off? Oh, I have to allow you to unmute. <laughs> okay. Thank you for your share. Really powerful. Um, I'm just I'm curious about like evolution of self-worth through the steps. Um, Particularly, particularly in the area of um, relationships, dating, um, and career. Like I, um, you know, the way I think is like you said, the least, the least important thing. But like, how does the self worth change um, with the steps? Thanks. You're welcome. Uh, 
for me, it was really getting, you know, the, the old stories I was telling about myself, you know, that I was uh, worthless, basically. I'm a piece of shit. When I get to a certain weight, then I can have the person I want in my life. I can have the job I want. I can have all the accolades and all that. And that's the lie. That was really, and there's a whole bunch of lies around that too. But really, I had to get to that lie of like, what's my self-image? Like, how do I feel about myself? And when I was dating, I took some time off from dating. And I'd also been married twice before, married and divorced. And I was like, well, shit, I guess I'm gonna have to find another one. That one was broken. You know, I really had it that it was outside of me. And so once I got a sense of like, oh, I'm pretty amazing, but in a healthy way. And these are the ways I'm amazing. That's what I really started to discover in doing the steps. And that came naturally. It wasn't something like, you know, oh, at step five, you're going to figure this out. And at step seven, you're going to figure this out. It just really happened the way it happened. Uh, Self-worth really just began to bubble up inside me of going like, oh, you know, like I show up every day for my program, which is showing up for myself. And, and it wasn't me in control. I didn't have it figured out. So it was pretty natural. I think if if people just do the steps with someone that they trust who has what they want, uh, that will begin to bubble up. That was that was my experience of it. And uh, I got to say, I had a lot of fun dating. I'm in a committed relationship now, but like it was really fun to show up as this new human being, you know, in this new sort of skin suit that I'm in and just like, hey, let's go have some fun, you know, because I because I thought I was fun and you know, and then, and then I could really discover whether it's a career or a relationship. That's really, there was a whole lot of discovery going on because that I was shut off from before. So I hope that made sense. Perfect. And that's all the time we have. Thank you so much, Michael. And I'll turn it over to our secretary, Erin. Thanks so much, Katie. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Okay, so now it's time for our seventh tradition. The LA Inner Group requests that you continue to contribute as we still have operating expenses, including the subscription costs of this service. Please go to www.donate.oalaig.org for a direct 